Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. Today we're doing Jeff versus Alex, the showdown part three, uh, where we ask each other questions that are related to um, living abroad and expat life and all those things that kind of come with that. I asked Jeff questions. He has no idea what I'm asking him. You're going to ask me questions. I have no idea what you're asking me. It's kind of off the cuff. We see what happens. Right, exactly. Like, we might get a little bit startled by the question. Sometimes I do, because... I getting startled. It kind of puts you on on, on spot. You oh, know? for sure. It's really on the spot. Because usually we at least vaguely know what we're going to be talking about, but yeah. uh, on these, not. But hopefully you'll glean some sort of uh, information or advice about living abroad or living in Germany or traveling. Or a minimum an insight into our little minds. Psyche. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, play the song. This episode is brought to you by MyExpatTaxes.com. Americans living in Germany still need to file a tax return in the USA, even though you may not actually owe any money to the IRS. But don't worry, you can file a U.S. tax return easily and stress-free with MyExpatTaxes.com. I've used them myself for the past couple years, no joke, and they've saved me tons of money. You can file your return through their website in as little as 15 minutes. Taxes for U.S. expats are due soon on June 15th. However, you can file for a four-month extension via the My Expat Taxes software for free. And don't forget, filing the FBAR is also included in the standard package they offer. You've never filed your U.S. taxes while living in Germany? My Expect Taxes can help you get tax compliant for a third of the cost of a tax consultant. And you can use our discount code AGDW to receive 10% off. Please go to www.myexpattaxes.com. And thank you all for joining us. This is episode 106 of the Americans in Germany Drinking Whiskey podcast. It is. One, it's one after 105, so it makes it sense. Is. We're diving on into those <laughs> teens. Like we're we're getting there. I mean, we're we're at this point. We always say we're getting there. We're, we're, where are we getting we're now? We're, 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 we're so past. Further. We're getting further than we are currently. That's all that's happening. That's yeah. That's let's, true. Let's just do that. Okay. We're, no more milestones. We're getting to the whatever. Yeah, I'm, it's true. Yeah, we don't nothing to look forward to anymore. We're just <laughs> waiting for us to die. <laughs> wow. But yes. Yeah. Welcome to our sad decline. Thank you for joining us. As I said earlier, um, we are going to just jump into the the, the usual news, news and what news and what have you. So, uh, what do we got? So, uh, first off, Pete Buttigieg was recently Buttigieg was uh, visiting Berlin, which is Ooh, pretty cool. Buttigieg would that be the correct uh, French? I think it's pronunciation. I don't know. Buttigieg. I know he says Buttigieg, but maybe they're originally Buttigieg. I feel like it should be Buttigieg. A really soft G at the end mm. there. Anyways, he, if you don't know, he is the Secretary of Transportation of the U.S. government. And uh, I saw today, I think, on his uh, Instagram, he'd post a picture. He was at the Berlin Hauptbahnhof, uh, taking a look at the uh, our old train set there. And uh, <laughs> and said he, glee- he was like uh, learning a lot about the German uh, transportation um, system. Um, which uh, I, I guess he's using that to to bring back that information and help uh, in the transportation system in the U.S., I, I'm assuming. That would be awesome. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be fantastic. At least I, it's cool to see, you know, the research is being done. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, like we said, we hope the states can can get some better public transit, but uh, I just I just can't imagine it happening yeah. at this point. But it's nice that they're trying and they're yeah. they're looking at what is possible. True. And, yeah, saying yeah. Like, and thinking, hmm, can we get like even halfway here? <laughs> you know, Dude, can we nice. get like a quarter of the way? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, for the past few weeks, we've been telling you about the amazing nine euro public transit ticket that will be offered in all of Germany for three months this summer. Now, if you don't remember, it allows you to travel in any city 
and between cities as long as it's uh, by regional train only. No, right, so no, no ICE, no, no ICE. Yeah. yeah. For only nine euro per month. Great deal. However, even though the ticket is supposed to go on sale next week, it turns out things are not completely certain. Jeff, it, 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 it wouldn't be Germany if they were certain, right? Yeah. Why, why would you hype something up without final, you know, final authorization? I have no idea. That's what they're really good at doing here. <laughs> but currently this week, the state governments uh, are threatening to not give the ticket final approval unless the federal government promises to pitch in more uh, money to pay for the ticket. Uh, the state governments are saying that this low-cost ticket, obviously, is going to hurt their budgets a crazy amount. They were hoping for the, the, you know, the federal government to pay for um, a bigger slice of that pie, if you will, yeah. which they're not. And so some of the states are threatening to, uh, to just not approve it unless they're guaranteed that they don't have to spend so much of their own money. Yeah, it should be a very interesting development to see kind of where that goes. And also, they did a survey of a lot of uh, car drivers here in Germany. Mm. And it was something like one-third or one-fourth, something like that, uh, would consider dropping their car to start using public transportation uh, because of the cheap ticket. No, nice. And that's also kind of the goal as well, to get people to try to be a little more you know, carbon conscious and cool. use public transportation. So that's, that, that's pretty cool. That's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah it is yeah. nice to hear. Um, Especially, I, I, just, I just heard uh, Berlin has announced it's raising its... Uh, it's uh, parking prices. Oh yeah, in general. True. So that will give you another reason to get out of your car, I guess. I, I think Berlin is definitely. T I don't know about the rest of Germany, but I know Berlin is definitely taking steps to go to that utopia that I personally would love, of you know, uh, having more public transit and less cars. They, they seem to really, you know, more bike lanes, which they're doing already. So it seems like Berlin is slowly getting that way, which is awesome. I got this image of you in like a junkyard. With like a thousand cars just piled like a mile high, just in flames with you, just like laughing, <laughs> giddily, like you <laughs> maniacal <laughs> laugh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burn. burn. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's great to hear people using public transit more. I mean, w with this cheap cost, there's almost no excuse to not use the train. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, other, sure. other, than, other than the fact that it's summer and I'll probably be using my bicycle instead, which is an even better option. Um, yeah, I'm just nervous for how overpopulated the trains are going to be. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be unbelievable. Especially that first week, it's going to be a Tough. bum rush to anywhere that's worth going to. I'm going yeah. to take, take a car instead. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Oops. Uh, but you had, you had a pretty uh, eventful weekend this weekend, huh? Uh, I guess, I guess so. You what did it, stuff? I, I did stuff. Yeah. What did I do Saturday? Um, oh yeah. I met up with some uh, friends at the, uh, cafe, um, Noyenzi, which is a, it's a little lake. I don't know. More of like a large pond, I would say. Yeah. Um, in the middle of Tiergarten that has a, it's quite a beautiful beer garden. It's probably uh, the most beautiful beer garden I've ever been to. It's, it's yeah. so cool. And you're in the middle of the city, but since you're surrounded by the Tiergarten park, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's really nice. And our pizza's um, good too. Pizza's nice. It, it's it's pricey, so you can't go every 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 day. So, um, but then at at, at night we went to vi our our friend. Matt, so interesting story. So our our friend Matt, his girlfriend. Um, Matt's been on the show, by the way. He was he really um, was like a oh. long time ago, first 30, 40 episodes, uh, talking about the music scene in Berlin. So if you haven't seen that episode, check that one out. It's a pretty cool one. Yeah, lead singer of the Roxies. Yeah, you know, really cool band. Uh, anyways, his girlfriend recently. Uh, with a few other people, purchased a, a pizzeria uh, in uh, in Neukölln. Neukölln, yeah, yeah. Neukölln. Um, anyway, so that, uh, they had just opened a week a week a week before, I believe. Yeah. And so that night, uh, Matt took us to finally see the restaurant, try the pizza, which was freaking amazing. The uh, what's what's those uh, Italian desserts? The uh, cannolis. Cannolis. Oh, they were so. Oh my god, epically good. Um, every, everything was awesome. Um, if you're, if you're looking for a sweet pizzeria joint, I'd say go check out, 
uh, Mater Pizzeria in Neukölln. It's on Weichselstrasse. 17. Uh, 17, yeah. Um, anyway, so that was fun. And then on Sunday, we organized, it actually kind of was a, yeah, it was interesting. We, 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 organized, we organized this, this it was supposed to be a really nice um, bicycle tour. We were going to start, uh, we went to Wannsee, and from Wannsee you can take a ferry, which is included in the local public transit, the Bay Fauge, mm-hmm. take a ferry across their bikes to the other side of Wannsee, and then from there, it's just like a beautiful hour and a half cycle, like on the shore of Wannsee, um, and along um, several lakes and and what have you. It just it's I've done it before. It's gorgeous. That was our plan, but um, our friend Misha, uh, who was meeting us there, arrived about like two minutes after the final boat left, the final ferry left to cross over. So then we just couldn't do the the the, Great. the, the tour anymore. So we had to think of a backup. And uh, but we were right next to to the Grunewald Forest, and so we went in there and went to a beer garden. Um, Still pretty nice, yeah. So it ended up being very nice, yeah. And what were you actually? You were out of town this weekend. Yeah, I was out of town. I was at uh, my girlfriend's parents' place for her dad's birthday. Uh, Spent there Friday night. Got there on midnight. Then Saturday, we uh, you know slept in, had a nice breakfast, and it used to be an old mining village back in like eighteen hundreds, whatever. Sure. So it was like um, I guess in Sachsen-Anhalt, the state, there have they had a museum uh, weekend or was museum month or something like that. Oh, they had a museum of mining or something. So we went to the mining museum, and you can go underneath, like into the shafts and everything. Oh, cool! But it recently just flooded. Oh, what was it raining a lot, or what? How did what, what something? Happened? I don't know. Something leaked, and then the whole oh. thing's underwater now. So we watched like this video about it, and then we climbed this big tower thing, got a really cool view of the little village, and uh, went to a beer garden. And then we barbecued and watched for the first time in my life that night with some whiskeys and some beers, and watched uh, Eurovision, which I've never <laughs> really seen before. I've seen no highlights there and there. But I watched it all the way through from the first act to the last act, and it was a good time. Right. Uh, it might be a little, a little too many ballads. You know, a lot of slow songs made me sad. Um, Usually they're pretty high energy. If, yeah. if, if any of you guys in the States haven't seen Eurovision, go on YouTube and find some clips. It, it's the kookiest, weirdest freaking thing you'll ever see in your life. I, I think I saw it for the first time maybe eight, nine years ago. I was visiting some friends in Norway, and it just happened to be during Euro- Eurovision time, and they that group of people, like, they watched Eurovision, right? Yeah. I was watching, I'm like... What is happening it's, here? But, but it was like wild. super high, like some guy in like a fiddle dancing around, singing about whatever. And it was just, yeah, it was crazy. I've actually had in my head all day today this song from uh, Serbia. That was really cool. It's been in my head like all day and I can't get it out. But it's okay. It's a cool song. Um, but yeah, I think next year I want to have a, like a Eurovision party. So <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching Eurovision. Uh, unfortunately, part Germany. Part of me loves it and part of me hates it. Yeah. I no, I, I love it. It's great. Uh, unfortunately, Germany was last place. They got zero points from the judges. <laughs> Uh, and, and it was cool. Ukraine won, uh, whether it's political or not. I think it's really cool to show. Doesn't like, matter. Come on, Europe's getting together. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, people are showing there. We're behind you guys. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it was really, and, and to be a, like, political or not, their music was also fantastic. Right. It was super duper cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was that was really fun. And uh, yeah, now I'm here and ready to drink some whiskey, Jeff. Me too. And I'm really excited about this whiskey. This looks interesting. It's very interesting. So it's it's from Glenfiddich, which is one of my favorite scotches. Absolutely. And this is called. Glenfiddich IPA experiment. So it says it's it was um, finished in India pale ale casks. So IPA beer casks it was matured in. That's pretty. I, that's I, pretty I guess cool. So yeah. So they're gonna draw the flavor. And you know, like we've have a few whiskeys. They are in old uh, wine casks, sherry casks, whatever. Instead, pretty standard. Yeah. Old, old beer casks to kind of. But get not that just flavor. beer, like IPA, IPA which makes a pretty strong ju- flavor. Yeah. This could be super duper terrible. Or, but, or fantastic. Or fantastic. But it's, it's an experiment. Yeah. It says uh, experimental series number one. 
So maybe they'll be doing more of these, kind of like Stork is doing some experimental, like cereal and stuff. I think they have. I, I think I saw another one. I can't. I can't say. But yeah, I, 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 I've seen a few whiskeys that have IP, IPA flavors. Um, you know, uh, stout flavor, like different kinds of beer flavors. You know, uh, so I think that's kind of a new trend that's starting up. It's pretty cool, and it says here um, on the back. The first single malt finished in India Pale Ale craft beer casks. Zesty citrus notes with a hint of fresh hops. Interesting. Mm. Experiment over ice with a twist of blood orange. I love that. Interesting. Yeah, so let's pop. If it's good, then maybe we should try that. Yeah, for sure. I'm really excited for this. Let's pop this guy open. And Glenfiddich, always good for a good pop. Oh, yeah. There you go. Thank you. I spilled some on my mic. There it goes. <laughs> hmm. Can't tell much from the. I mean, it smells fine, but I can't tell much. Definitely just smells like a scotch. Right. But yeah. we'll, we'll find out. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Actually, you can you can taste a little something there. There is something there. Interesting. I can't really tell what, but I mean, I, I, I like it. But I, yeah. There's definitely a new a new flavor there. Yeah, that's not a standard Glenfiddich. But but again, we, we need to have a few you know a few more sips to go out to the episode to see. Because always mm. the first first taste is way different than you know the fourth yeah. fifth sixth taste. Absolutely, yeah. Check back in with us later in the episode, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll give you the uh, the skinny on this you guy, know, like we've done for hundred right. and four episodes, as per, <laughs> as per the usual formula of, as per this, <laughs> of this show. Huge. Um, but yeah, before we get into the episode, before we start asking each other questions. Uh, please remember, if you'd you know like to, sure. to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us, and it uh, helps other people discover the show, keeps us going. And we, so read, we read them all. And we read them all. Yeah. Also, if you don't want to, that's fine, man. It's your yeah. life. You do you. You, know, you could go um, you know, watch some old episodes of Cops. You could do that. It's always fun. Yeah. Um, you know, make a homemade candle. You make a candle? A pie? Pie. There's lots of things you could do yeah. instead of Actually, giving us five-star yeah, review. Actually, start the pie. And then start the pie. Then watch cops. Ooh, then you've got a night. Then you got a night, and uh, overnight candlelight. And also check out our website, which is agdwpodcast.com. All of our episodes are on there. Uh, all the whiskey photos are on there. We have re, uh, all the reviews as well of the whiskeys on there. Um, extras, just like there's just Extra so much photos. Content. We got the shelf of fame, and which you can aspire to be on the shelf of fame. True. Um, and you didn't hear it here, but I have heard in, in the grapevine. That is the best website ever created. Alex, I was walking on the street the other day. I heard somebody say it. Get out of town. No joke. Yeah. It's just as I was going by, just by pure happenstance. Some are saying it. I don't know who, yeah. but it's on. It's in the grapevine, yeah. and I subscribe exclusively to, to the, the grapevine. grapevine. <laughs> so without further ado, uh, let's get into these questions, Jeff. Would, would you like to start or should I start? Uh, you start me out. Okay. So um, before, so today I'm, I try to re- relate these more to like expat related you know, things for, you know, our listeners. Yeah, st- yeah, stuff that might help the listeners who are traveling or living abroad or, you know. So I'm going to start off with, um, now live, this is specifically for Germany. You live in Germany okay. now. Okay, I, yes, I do. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, I really felt like I was in a courtroom. You live in Germany right now. <laughs> that is correct. Please confirm this. Yeah. Um, would you, do you wish that you worked a normal 40-hour job over freelancing, which you do now? Hmm. Interesting. The same job, but just the hours change. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would say if the if it's the same job, hmm. you have to go to the office. You know, the whole nine yards. That's interesting. I don't know, but even office people don't have to go to the office anymore. Corona, you know, no. Yeah, Corona's over now, right? Yeah. But, 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 but a few a few businesses, what was it? Airbnb said like, like you guys can work from home forever if you want. That's true. Someone doing that. And also Corona's not over. I was just joking, everybody. Yeah. Um, hard to say. I mean, hours wise, yes. Because on uh, a lot of movies I've worked, you know, you work 12 hours a day. You work, can end up working on weekends and just like, th- there is no set. You, you, it's hard to plan around life because it just... There is no plan. No, there is no set schedule. It's kind of like what needs to be done that day gets done. As you know a freelancer. I mean? As a freelancer. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's when I'm working on like a film. When I'm working on projects like voiceover stuff at home and stuff, then I d- definitely have more um, flexibility. Yeah. Um, but still, like stuff can come in at weird hours. Um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, 40 hour, eight hour a day. If I could do the same work, but eight hours a day, that sounds fantastic. Um, because then you just, you just know, okay, like you can plan around that. You can schedule better. And also just like you get more time to relax and to breathe. And um, also you get, you, you don't have to worry about the taxes and insurance and yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And as, as my girlfriend will say, like she, she my girlfriend hates the private insurance I'm on just because it's just like, I mean, you have to pay for everything out of pocket and then if you happen to have enough expenses to go over your deductible, then finally they give you money back. You know yeah, what I mean? it's crazy. Um, whereas you guys, it's just you just go and it just kind of it just pays for it mostly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, but but don't forget, like the money is being taken out of your paycheck, so you are paying for it every. Yeah, month. yeah, of course, of course. I think you just don't notice it because it's just it's just gone. It's just part of like the taxes that get taken out. You know, it's, you don't every, see it every month. Yeah, you don't see it. You don't feel it. It's like I get my money and I'm good. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. So for like that kind of health insurance, that would be fantastic as well. I would think I would mix the, I would mix, I'd miss the flexibility of it because mm. I'm so used to being a freelancer for God, I don't know, my whole life, basically. Um, I'm used to, you know, if I want to go travel for two weeks, I just, there's no asking anybody, just do it, you know, just. You don't have to answer to anybody. You're, 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 you're yeah, you're kind of your own boss and you yeah. do what you need to do. Yeah. And even when we were working on like a movie or a project at an, you know, at a, they, they give you like a studio to work at for those few months, whatever. It's still, it's like, it's, be, it's beautiful in the middle of the day. If say you have something life related, oh, I you know I have to go register my new apartment, whatever. Like you, at two p.m., you can literally just get up and walk out. Don't have to ask True. anybody. There's no like, oh, is it okay? Like you just you're like, all right, guys, I'll be back in two hours. You know, bye. Like because you're you're kind of really your own person. You're so independent in that way. So it's that's very helpful. It, I don't know. I, it's hard, hard to answer. Hard to answer. I, I couldn't say either way. It. I wish. I wish I could just you know, mesh True. the best but, of both worlds. So you're saying the flexibility that you have is worth uh, doing with the taxes and health insurance. No, I'm not saying no. that. Okay. Not, saying, not saying it's worth it. I just like it. Okay. No, fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd rather work less hours, um, a more stricter schedule uh, and have good insurance. I'd say at this point. Yeah. But, fair enough. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So I guess I'd lean towards that, but I couldn't say a hundred percent. Okay. That yeah. makes any sense. That makes some sense. Hmm, good question, actually. Thank you. Interesting. Full of them. Um, here's one for you. Okay. Now, let me get to the, the end before you respond first. Okay. Um, how do you... Yes. Excellent. <laughs> exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> how do you approach your safety when traveling, traveling abroad? Okay. So... And it, it, does this involve, like, research on your destination, any sort of an active plan while you're traveling, or a combination of both? Like, like how much, I would say, of mm, 
you're like time while traveling goes into thinking about your safety, planning around your safety. Does that change depending on which country you're in, okay. et cetera? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so my mom's going to hate this answer because I do very little to check for my personal safety when traveling. Um, but I do, I do do a bit. So if I am traveling, usually outside of the EU, um, I, I try to look up those countries more. Like if I'm going to France, I'm not really worried about France. I'm not really worried about Italy. I'll check like, usually go to the websites and say, is it safe to travel to this place? Mm. And then usually get kind of like, yeah, it's safe. The thing you have to watch out for is pickpocketers and, you know, uh, muggings, something like that. Yeah. So you usually get a, a quick breakdown of that. And that's kind of what I do for the most part when I go other places. Now I go to somewhere I really haven't been like very far away, you know, went to Indonesia or Morocco. Where you have like no experience. Or Southeast Asia, exactly. Very different cultures, very different parts of the world. Uh, then I, I do a little more research, kind of like, more like areas to stay away from, things to look out for, like scams, things like that. Yeah, not a lot of research. And usually I do it like the few days before I leave because I forget. I'm like, oh, let me make sure it's actually, you know, safe here. <laughs> what to look out for. And then generally when I am traveling, um, kind of like just being here in Berlin, to be honest, I always just kind of try to keep my wits about me. So I'm walking down a street, notice people behind me, maybe cross the street or, you know, um, see the way people look at you if you're on like a... If I'm in a parking garage or like an elevator, one, I won't go in the elevator. I won't take the steps. Right. So it's like small little things that kind of just street smarts that I just try to keep on me all the time. But maybe a little more heightened when I'm somewhere else, especially when it's at night and, you know, I'm walking back to my hotel or hostel, whatever. Nice. Then I really try to, you know, be aware of my surroundings and try to make some mental maps of, you know, there's a place I can run into. Something happens. There's a restaurant. There's mm. something open. Yeah. I just try to keep those street smarts, those wits about me because- no matter where you go in the world, you're always going to have stories, people getting mugged. You're always going to have stories of, it's not dangerous at all, but most places are going to have some danger and more less than others. I mean, more, yeah, some more than others, some less than others. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but like you said, um, uh, as long as you keep your, you, you keep some attention on your like immediate surroundings, Yeah, you can avoid 90% of the bad things that would happen to you. Because some people like, fully surrender to vacation mode and they get so it's kind of like blinders on, you know yeah. what I mean? Where they're so in vacation mode, they're not paying attention to the guy who's walking suspiciously very close behind, you know, like yeah. one step behind you for a block. What's he all about? And, or, or this other guy or this, or you're leaving your, uh, your purse right on the edge of your table, which is on a busy street, which exactly. can easily be grabbed and run away with. So like, so you always at least keep like five, 10% of yourself kind of aware at you know like just what, more what's, so what's than going i normally would like yeah. in my own neighborhood you know i know my neighborhood i know i know berlin pretty well so i know like the areas know what to look out for here so i'm somewhere else yeah there's like a little bit more of my attention just checking the surroundings making sure it's safe that you know my wallet is where it's supposed to be i'm in a crowded area and my wallet's in my front pocket I put my hands in my pocket i know it's safe you know things like this yeah that i might not do in berlin or but when i'm traveling i will make sure you know that I'm taking these extra small little precautions just to make sure that I'm safer and now my stuff is safe, especially, you know, my passport, my wallet and stuff. Yeah, nice. Speaking of Europe, just one one quick follow-up. Sure. Of all the European countries you've been to, which would you say is the country that you felt the most unsafe? So the least safe. Yeah. I'm not saying, wow, you felt so unsafe. I'm just saying like the, in comparison to everywhere else you've been in Europe, this was the place that more so than more than others you felt just a little a little bit more unsafe that you felt like you really had to be more on guard than usual um i really felt very unsafe i think when i went the first time to sofia bulgaria at night i felt a bit more unsafe i think mm. it was more of like my mentality 
of like the stereotypes of like Bulgaria is dangerous, like Eastern Europe, whatever that you hear growing up. Sure, yeah. But I never really actually felt unsafe at all when I was there. But but you were just the most out of maybe like your your I, comfort zone. Then uh, you know what I mean, like so because that was maybe because it wasn't quite that Western Europe stereotype that you're that you're used I guess, to or something. Even then, I really didn't feel unsafe. Like we. <laughs> We took, you know, I told a story. We took some advice from a bartender to go down this alleyway to a secret door. Oh, yeah, you told that story. You yeah. know, so we did yeah. that. So I felt pretty safe there and everyone's super nice. Um, actually, maybe not safe, but in terms of like my belongings was Barcelona. Uh, when I was in Barcelona, I'm really making sure that my stuff is on me. Oh, okay. Because it's a big pickpocker city. And sure. like you go down, what's that one alley? Like that one. The Ramblas, I think. Yeah, exactly. La Ramblas. Uh, when I was there, you know, I was really like on my guard of getting pickpocketed and, you know, get my stuff stolen. Because that's just like, yeah, I mean, probably like half of the people that you think are tourists are actually pickpockets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like mm, the ratio of pickpockets to tourists is like one to one. But yet, honestly, I really haven't felt very much unsafe in, in, in Europe or the places I've been to at least. No, it's good though. I, also, oh, the advantage of being like a tall white guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's different. Uh, of course, if you're a woman... It's that makes a lot of situations very yeah. different. So I mean, yeah, that, that's a whole that's a whole different thing. Yeah, I think I think the Bulgaria thing was just because of like the mentality of you know hearing bad things, but it was actually super lovely and super safe. Nice. And everyone I met there was incredibly nice. So all right, well, uh, those stereotypes do not hold. At least in my yeah. opinion, don't hold water. A little wave to you Bulgarians. Yeah, a little wave. All right, um, next one. What is your favorite way of traveling? Uh, so car, plane, bus, train. And why? Hmm. So road trip versus a train trip versus a plane, which is not really a trip. Yeah. It's just, it's like a, it's just, that, that, yeah. That's a purely a mode of getting from A to B, whereas True. a car gives you or a bus. part of an entry. You know, oh, God, no. But, okay. Let, let's, just, let's start. <laughs> let's, let's start reverse. Bus can go dead last. <laughs> bus can get out of here. Can go dead last. Get out of here, bus. Um. God, that's another one that's really hard to, to answer. I mean, train journeys are awesome, but they're super expensive. So, you know what I mean? So that's why it doesn't immediately go to the top. Oh, road trips are ah, great too, but it's also nice not having to be to drive. But you know what? Also flexibility with the car too when you do a road you trip. You know what? I might, you know what? I might have to just go straight to, it might, ha- it might be road trip. That might be my favorite. Because as I was saying that, I was just thinking back to the most recent road trips I went to with like my girlfriend in the US and mm-hmm. et cetera. And God, yeah, just being able to be like, hey, like you eat breakfast, like, hey, where do you want to go? You know, or, and we had times where like this would be a specific place we're driving to, but on the way we see something and we're like, you know, we can get to that tomorrow. Let's check this out. You the know, flexibility for sure. Yeah. And, and just, oh, you really like a place? Stay that extra day or, you know, and, um, and just the ability to take your time and just like, you know, because on a train, you can, you sometimes you pass really cool stuff, but it's like, there, go, there it goes, you know, like, and, and, you, know. and you can't be like, oh, wait, I want to yeah. see what that was, but you can't because you're just, just, just going. Like tuck and roll and, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, on a train, uh, what's what, what I really love about trains. So we went last week and we took the train to uh, Bobby's parents' place. Yeah. And for the past few years, we've been driving because of COVID. We don't want to go on trains. Sure. So if I took a train again, and like, I forgot how much I love traveling on trains. It is, it is super nice. duper comfortable. You can get up, walk around, you can go to the mm-hmm. toilet. They have like a little bar in the back, get some drink, get some food. And um, so there's something that's like kind of like really romantic and cool about a train. But I tend to agree with you. I think a road trip is the best way to travel. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really fun way to travel. And that car can be like, it's like your personal party because like you can blare whatever music you want. Yeah. You can put the windows down if you want. 
you've got snacks, you know, uh, you know, cola, right? Cold, ice cold cola next to you. You oh, know, yeah. sip on that bad boy or a Bionada if you're into that. And, and, and I think a good example of flexibility is when I was, we wanted to do a trip to the Balkans. So we started in Slovenia, Ljubljana, and it was supposed to rain for the whole week in Slovenia. Mm. So I was like, I looked up my phone. I was like, yo, down in Croatia is 30 degrees and sunny on eight hour drive. <laughs> you want to say screw Slovenia for now and go down to, to do a nice long trip today or tomorrow morning and go to Croatia. And Bobby's like, yeah, all right, cool. Let's do that. So we did that. And like, cause of the flexibility to do that. And then we went to Ljubljana at the end of the trip. So that, that flexibility with the car is definitely, especially going around Europe. Cause there's so much shit to see that um, if you're in a car, you just, Pop right over. Yeah, and, and you can just see some great, like I was did a road trip uh, last Christmas from Montana to Oregon, and God, the nature you saw was just fantastic. And just randomly, again, it's like you can call an audible and be like, I'm going to stop, get out, look at this, just stand here, look just take, look in awe of this river for like 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, yeah. Like people stop, you know, it's a great photo opportunity. Like, yeah, let's take a stop, let's, let's go over here and take some photos of this little village or of the mountains or whatever. Yeah. Um, only problem is, you know, and we have a car and a road trip, is if you're in mostly down south, southeast, in some of these cities, is really hard to drive in. Yeah, um, yeah. Very narrow roads don't make any sense. Can't read the language. So Absolutely. that can be scary. And parking, of course. Yeah. That's like when you get to where you need to go, that's that's a bitch. I yeah. Mean, totally. Um, but I, I still will stick with road trip. Um, and if you're lucky enough to have a convertible in during nice weather. Oh yeah. I that think that is nothing better than a road trip with a top down. But okay. not on the autobahn. Bad idea. Well, just go to the right line and go slower. Just go slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with the road trip. Nice. I agree with you there. Yeah. Good, good, cool question. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Ooh, what we got here? Mm, interesting. Forgot about this one. In the past, you lived here eight years, right? Yeah. Eight and a half. Okay. Well, it's okay if I say in the past eight years. Eight and a half years. <laughs> like, a, like a four-year-old. For I'm four and a half years old. And three weeks. Um, in the past eight years that you've lived in Germany, was there ever a moment, however fleeting, one second, maybe, okay, that you thought, I really don't want to live in Germany anymore? Nah, no. Even if it wasn't like, a, a, you know, I'm not I'm saying like a serious, like, oh, I'm leaving. But like, even if there's like a one for five minutes or for, was there ever a moment where... Where you even like question it just for like that one little yeah, okay moment. yeah yeah of course yeah. um when my nephew was born my niece was born oh okay. um, you know those events on every year on their birthdays every True, like all the family related stuff and yeah. every holiday we have like all the mm -hmm. Jewish holidays um you know, like Thanksgiving and stuff like that then yeah for sure um because yeah you know I see the my mom since we pictures all the family together I'm just like I want to be there yeah because I'm a very small family so it's mm -hmm. really nice when they all get to, like I love getting together with my family yeah so yeah I think. A lot of those holidays, I'm always like, oh, I'd be really nice living in the States right now. But and it's usually, you know, five minutes and you got to come back and think, you know, Alex, everything's fine. Like you love living here. You're, there's a reason you're here. Mm. Um, but yeah, those holidays and, and you know, not seeing my niece and nephew, you have those few moments here and there for sure. And um, yeah, that's fair enough. Now, uh, I think compared to a lot of other people, you had a pretty good first few years because you kind of like got that job right away, got that girlfriend right away, kind of, you know what I mean? Like that, something that for some people took several years. Yeah. So like, did you ever have a period? Cause like a lot of people in the, in the early one to two years have kind of like those negative periods where they're like, ah, oh, this is the wrong decision. I need to be back home. Did you ever have that? Or because things kind of like fell in place, uh, they're like really positive the first few years. Yeah. And I think things fell in place. And I also, um, 
surrounded myself with a really nice support system here too, with you know with with my you know with Bobby and all my all my friends here. You mm-hmm. like I I don't know I never really had these kind of down weeks where you know you're kind of like this is dumb I can't do this anymore. I th- I think maybe a few times when I was um, getting my visas and figuring out German and things like that and trying to get my teaching license, all those things, but not anything really serious. And maybe for like a week during winter, we have like seasonal affective yeah, okay, disorder. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 you fair know? enough. Yeah, but generally, no, you're right. I, I I did my 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 story is not this typical story. People coming to coming to Europe, coming to Berlin. I did have things like you said, kind of set up very nicely. And there's nothing um, wrong with that. Like, no, no, you, you just did great luck. Like, I mean, I wish everyone, I wish everyone would have luck like that. Yeah, I, I just mean, yeah. Th- things just yeah, nothing was like given there. Just kind of like things kind of fell in place the way they needed to. Um, so that was nice, but yeah, no, not really. Yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah which is it's good. I mean, yeah. not sad about. It. Now, um, unfortunately, I just realized one of my questions is similar to one you already asked me, but it's a little different. Okay. So before you go on a trip, before you travel around, what kind of research are you doing? Not just safety, but what kind of general research do you do? Do you you know are you going on looking at travel magazines? Are you reading blogs, or are you just kind of like let's go there, fuck it, and go? Yeah, it it. Like, I think similar to like what you said, it really depends on where we're going. Mm. I mean, uh, like if I'm going somewhere in Germany, actually depends. But yeah, you know, like but there's certain countries in Western Europe that I've I've visited so many times that like I, I know generally what the safety situation is. I know generally, I know what the language is. I know what the culture is. Okay, like, you know, travel somewhere new, I mean then. How about that? Okay, somewhere new. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I do do a bit of research, but I don't want to overdo it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like, like I, I'm always, yeah, I, I, especially if it's um, somewhere outside of Europe that I really just don't know the culture that well. Um, I always, I'll always like just look it up generally. Like, hey, what's this city about? What's this culture about? Like, are there any known scams or safety things I need to mm-hmm. worry about? Um, I'll watch like you know a few YouTube videos. Um, you know, because there's always somebody like, hey, best things to see in this. You know, yeah, yeah. And I'll kind of check that stuff out, but I won't, I won't dive. I'll, I'll for terms of stuff to see, I'll do it like a quick glance, but I don't I won't dive too much into it because I don't know. Then you end up just getting like a list of the same touristy stuff that everybody sees. You That's know what true. I mean? um, so, so like I usually like I'll I'll get kind of like a, a like a basic list of things, and then I like to like once you get there, kind of like I like to ask like the hotel guy like, hey, what's the best restaurant you would go to in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than the list online, it's going to be all the tours you put like, where would you go? Like, where would you see? Um, and they always have like a list of like brochures there of stuff that just like never makes it online. But you're like, like, Ooh, cool. An old salt mine. Like that sounds cool or whatever, you know, that kind yeah, of stuff. Fair. Um, and then depending on the trip, like, like if it's a backpacking trip, usually um, like a really flexible trip, I only book maybe hotels for like the first night, like the nights I know where I'm going to be somewhere. But other than that, I like to keep it flexible. So try to book things last minute. But if it's a normal, like, you know, one week trip, of course, you know, I'll head on the like, what do I usually use? I think I use, um, um, was it booking? Booking.com, I think yeah. it's my favorite, you know? I use booking a lot yeah. too, yeah. And over the years, I've like gotten myself up to like level five genius or whatever they call it. Like, nice. so, I, so I always get like 10% off. Uh, yeah, everything. true. Yeah, once you start using booking a lot, you actually get some pretty decent um, offers. Good deals. And like, yeah. like money off, but also you get like, like um, you get to check out one hour later, or you know, get you get oh, like, cool. get a that. like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So and, and I didn't even try that. It was just I just started using it 
15 years ago and just like always kept going back. And suddenly one day I was just like, I'm genius level two. What the hell is that? You know, but, <laughs> so I use booking and I usually use kayak for flights. And um, I mean, in Europe, I'm always usually going straight towards EasyJet or Ryanair, you know, um, of course. But yeah, like do enough to know. So like I feel prepared, but I don't like to overdo it because I don't know that I just feel like I feel like I'm one of I'm one of one, I'm on one of those like pre-planned package tours yeah, or something. No, no, for sure. Which I, I, I want to have like time to explore and just like, you know, find something. That's why I don't want to like book every minute of my day. You know what I mean? No, I, I'm very similar. I mean, I don't do a lot of research and um, sometimes to a fault, but also like I like when I get somewhere to just, you know, see what's around. Sure. Yeah. And then I think the problem is too, when you do plan too much, um, this, is, this is my general pro life tip or traveling tip. If you plan too much, I think you're only gonna be dis- you're only gonna be disappointed because you can't do everything you want to do. No. So I feel like if you just kind of plan a few things, but really just just get there and just see what they have and enjoy it, then you, you can't leave disappointed. You know, yeah. you did what you want to do. Absolutely. Like I I missed out on lots of things going to some some cities and some countries. It's like, oh, you didn't go there, you didn't go there, you didn't go there. I was like, no, I didn't. But I still had a great time. I did what I wanted to do. I went to some other really cool spots. So like, yeah, maybe I missed out, but I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I missed out because I wasn't my plan to do, you know? Yeah. Like always plan, Hey, I'll come back at some point and I'll do, yeah. do those other things. Like, you know, coming to Berlin for five days, whatever, you're never going to see everything. that. Did. So like pick the few things that you want and be like, ah, the other stuff that'll be in 10 years when I visit again. Or and then whatever. when you're there, you can be flexible yeah. and you can do whatever you want to do. And you can so. actually enjoy the few things that you do rather than you're overbooked. It's like run to this, run to that. Right. Got to get up at 6am every day. Like, like I, I always need at least like one day of the trip where it's like we sleep until whenever Oh yeah, and do whatever. And let's just go to a park, relax, or just go to a city square, you know, go to a cafe, for, just chill sure. for two hours, you know, read a book or something, you know, just, just like soak it in a little or bit. Did, when I, when I went to, when I went to Paris, I think three years ago, we really didn't plan anything. We just walked around Paris. I was like, I just, I just want to go to Paris, eat food and chill in cafes. Yeah. And that's what we did the whole trip. And it was a lovely trip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say some, like last time I went to Crete, it was like we booked our hotels, but other than that, it was kind of like, we like looked into like, okay, the laws and driving, because, you know, my yeah, girlfriend yeah. was going to drive. But other than that, like we really didn't look up at that. It was more like we got there and then we did our, our yeah, exactly. Our, our research. You know what I mean? It's like, because we plan on this just being like a, like a go to the beach, swim, relax, kind of like tropical vacation. Some yiddos, yeah. So we got there. And then once we were there, like we slowly were just like, yeah, what's a cool beer beach nearby? Like no rush, you know, like, because even if we didn't, there's a beach right in front of us, our hotel. So we'll just go hang out there, you know, or, you know, like, yeah, just like slowly let it unfold, you know? Yeah. Let it unfold. Yeah. Naturally. And, and literally while we were there in Crete, we found out that there was, they had like their own Alps that when you own up, like Crete's usually just like dusty, dry, you know, yeah. barren. But they went to this Alps area where it was like luscious and green and <laughs> granite. Like it literally looked like Europe. And I was like, what? I had no idea that existed. And literally it was like we were there. And then we saw like a brochure for it like on the second or third day. And we were like, let's cool. go there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. So Awesome. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, ooh. What do we got? What do we got? Nervous. Uh, you've lived in the Berlin district of Neukölln for many years. The Neukölln district of Berlin, you mean? Yes, that one. <laughs> uh, and obviously you love it. Now, at what moment would you say you fell in love with it and why? Was it an immediate thing or did it grow on you over time? That's a great question. I like the question a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Let me think back. So the reason I actually moved to Neukölln was at the time, um, we had a lot of friends who lived in Neukölln. And we're like, cool, let's go to Neukölln to be, you know, around them. Then we can sure. hang out all the time. <laughs> and at that time, we loved going to Temple of Feld. You know, we loved doing that. Yeah, so Neukölln did 
kind of grow on me. It took me a little while. Um, what but, were you like your initial impressions of it? Like the first, those first few weeks? I mean, I knew no, I could, but I think the first thing was like, wow, it's really busy. It's really dirty, especially the area I live. Um, it's really dirty. And like, yeah, cause it's kind of smelling. And there's like a little, just a lot of people there. And like, you know, it wasn't like the vibe really thought because I visited my friends in some of their areas, which was really nice. The area mm. we moved to was not the nicest, but it was really well connected. We, you know, but then, you know, we walked around, we found little cafes there, found some bars there. And I think the real moment was when we found uh, Kunapak. Ah, yeah. We discovered that area and uh, it's like, wow, just gorgeous, this is right? super cool. What yeah. a great area. And then the longer we live there, the more you discover, the better food you see, the more cafes you think, the more you become part of it. And then, you know, I started knowing the Spati guy and uh, uh, my Duna guy knew me. So I started like, knowing people in the neighborhood, know the bar guy. Hey, Alex, let's go when you walk in. So like I started getting that kind of community neighborhood feeling. Mm. And now I love it. Like I, I love Noika and a lot of people don't like it and I understand why, but um, I like it for different reasons. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's a really cool question. But yeah, it, it, did grow, it wasn't an immediate love. Um, I, I, but at that point too, I really didn't have any place I really did love yet. I liked Fear Sign a lot. I hung out there a lot, but um, I didn't really want to live in that Zeman Dachstrasse area. It was too, too touristy. Oh, too many bars, mean? too much going on, yeah. Not too much going on. I like that. I want to live in a city but it was just too touristy. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I want to live somewhere where it's like, I want to feel like I'm part of a neighbor and I'm part of something and not mm. just living, going around tourists. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I got in, in Neukölln, especially the area that we live it's in. It's like in certain areas of Mitte that you live that you, you're like right next to a hostel, so you just see tour, tourists and tourists. Exactly. And tourists. Is what, exactly what I mean. Like you can't walk down the street and see like your neighbor, which really happens anyways. But like the other day, uh, one of our buddies lives right down the street from me, which I just learned. And I was coming home and I saw him the other day. I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, on the street, which is nice. Yeah. And you recognize people. And I don't know, you just, you, you get that, that that community feeling, which I definitely have where I live. And I like that a lot. Nice. So it's something that built up over time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very cool. Oh, cool question. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, okay, I have two more questions. I'm trying to see which one I want to do so my last way. one. I, I'll, all right, this is the second to last. Nothing to do with expats or anything. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, I can't say one. I can tell you my two, two favorite movies of all time. Not what I asked. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> All right. No, I, which which I, I once, I can't remember who said it. There's some famous director who once like, oh, if you can't list one movie, then blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, you should be able to list, but that's bullshit. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, when people used to ask me that, I used to not answer a question at all because I couldn't, because I was like, it's impossible to pick one. But then I eventually boiled it down to two. Okay. It's what two movies. There's uh, a movie called Magnolia by Paul Thomas Anderson, my favorite director and living director. And uh, there's a movie called 2001 A Space Odyssey by my favorite dead director, Stanley Kubrick. Nice. So those are my top two favorite. I, I figured that out, I don't know, like 10 years ago when I was like, yes, these are my two. Suddenly there's one day where it was like easy to, to finally pick. I, I haven't seen either of them. So yeah. what's my favorite well, movie, you, Jeff? You haven't seen a lot. I don't know. You haven't seen. That's true. I've seen a lot. I have not seen a lot of classics. Wait, wait. You winked at me. What my password? No, you know what your favorite movie is? You know what my favorite movie is? Troll 2? <laughs> Troll 2. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Almost, it's wait, up wait, there. Wait, wait, wait. Give, give me a hint. Not an easy one. Not an easy hint. Um, Grant. Oh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Duh, sorry. I'm, like, I'm, surprised wow. you, I'm really surprised no, you didn't no, know that immediately. I, I think on a normal day, I would get that. Yeah, I just, I totally blanked. Yeah, wow. of course, of course. Jurassic Park. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, it's your turn. 
Right. What are you doing? We'll move on just yet, boy. Okay. So this is kind of referring to those first few years living in Germany. Okay. Okay. Outside of the people you've met through work. Yes. They don't count. What approach have you, or did you, or did you, or yeah, I'll say did you. Let's go back to those first few years. What approach did you use to make friends after moving to Berlin? And was it successful from the get-go or did you experience like a period of failure and you had to like really evaluate how am I going to meet people? Yeah, no, not successful from the get-go at all. Uh, my strategy when I first moved was just go to bars and try to meet people. Did not work in the slightest. No, but what, <clears throat> so, but what were you doing? So like, you show, like alone or in a group? By myself because I didn't know anyone. But what was it like your hopes to like... Just like slide next to somebody at the bar and be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, or, kind of. Oh, okay, I thought I was like okay. an American, you know, I just like sit at the bar, make eye contact and be like, hey, how's it going? And strike a conversation, which never really worked. Um, and everyone else kind of were, all my friends that I made were either friends of a friend who we eventually became really close with yeah, or someone I worked with. And then like they connected me to them, to them and you know, or language class. Um, True. Not, not very like kind of cold, like a cold call, you know, like a yeah. cold. Um, no, everyone's always been an organic um, branch off the tree of someone else. Sure. Now, like a, a lot of people, I think their first contact with others for more than five minutes is at their language school. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. But like, so, but how did you, how did you go about like actually going from the guy sitting next to you to like being fr- like, where you just were oh. like, like it was like in between breaks or hanging out and you're like, Hey, want to go I, for I a think, beer after work or something or after school or something? I think it was after class one day. And I can't remember who's, it might've been me who said, I can't remember. Um, but we noticed the class was pretty young. I think, Either me or someone else was like, anyone want to grab anyone want to grab a beer after this? And either I said yes or someone else said yes to me. And I think it was like two of us, and we're like, yeah, cool. So we spent how, and now we're still friends. You know, eight years later. <laughs> um, but yeah, asking for two out for a beer, just to have any kind of situation where you have to be together, and just look someone and be like, you look nice. Do you want a beer? And like, boom. and I, th- I think the language school is good because great, it's the best. You spot. are like you are kind of like you have that camaraderie because you're going. Going through something together, you know, at like, the same level. Like, like, yeah, you both suck at German. You both want to be better at German. Uh, you're probably doing like, you know, uh, what do they call them? worksheets together, or exactly. like, you know, helping, like, helping yeah. each other, like, you know, whatever. you can complain with each other about it. You know, it's mm. yeah, but that's also a good question. But yeah, most mostly just organically through friends of friends. Um, I think for me, a lot of it was the same. Like a lot of a lot of friends I have now, I had met through friends I used to have, which weren't great friends, but then right. those friends kind of faded away. But people I met through them, right? I met like friends, but you know, that we, we were more compatible with and we became more lifelong friends. You know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. And I met you through a girlfriend and that, yeah, I think like kind of like that domino effect is kind of, but you have to like have, you have to start somewhere first to get that going though. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the hardest part. Once you meet yeah. one person, the rest will kind of follow, I think, you know? True. Like you meet one person then eventually They'll be like, hey, you're going out with my friends. You want to come? And then suddenly you meet maybe maybe one person out of those five you connect with. And that kind of, yeah, yeah. it's like a slow, slow burn. Yeah. Exactly. Like, nice. Okay, Jeff, my last question real quick. Um, what would be your biggest life pro tip for people who are moving abroad? Oh, my one tip? One. Moving anywhere abroad? Mm, let's, let's say Germany or like Europe. No, we can do it. We can do it anywhere. That's fine. I would say... It's between two things. Now I'm trying to pick which one is more important. I, okay, I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you two. I'm telling you two. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Screw you. Two movies. And I yeah. did two tips. Yeah. It's fine. The two most important things for me are, first one is language. If, if you're planning on staying anywhere beyond three months, you know, or beyond, let's like say beyond a year, let's say. It's under a year. You could, you'll be fine. 
is really get on that language from the get-go from before you even get on that plane. Can I be on that? that? Be on that language. Um, be on it from the second you get there, day and night. Make that your like number one priority when you still get there, and you'll really thank yourself because the longer you stay, the harder it will get. I would say it's how to say language. Second is connect with people from day one. I would say like a people connection thing. I'd say like one of the biggest problems I had the first time I got here, and it's a problem a lot of people have, is you move abroad and you're not putting yourself out there enough. A, you got your I got your own apartment. You're not in a you're not, you're not in a flat share. Yeah. But you're not going to meetups. You're not going to groups. You're just like you're staying indoors or you're just hanging out by yourself and you become more and more depressed. Like I'd say one of the big, maybe even bigger than the language is like from the moment you get here, connect with people. And remember, it's on you, not on them. Force yourself to get out there, force yourself to do stuff and eventually make that friend group because having a support group is the like one of the most important things living abroad. And if you don't, you will move back home faster than you could possibly think. Nice. So I'd say those are both very good connections tips. or language. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nice. What was yours? Uh, mine was uh, just be patient. Ooh, also very good. It's an overarching theme. Like when you're abroad, yes. things take a long time, longer than they would anywhere if you're at home. So just be patient. Learning language takes time. Making friends takes time. Getting the visa, you're right. Patient, actually, patience, patience is a virtue. It is a virtue, and especially abroad because you can get so frustrated. But be all right. Yeah, actually, but also very good. Thank okay, you. and my last one. Yes. Wrapping it up. Maybe if this is somebody's first episode, they wouldn't know, but other people would know that you are a kindergarten teacher or a kita teacher, as it's referred to. Um, mm, or etsia. Or etsia. Yeah. Get really specific. Um, if you weren't working as a kindergarten teacher or any kind of teacher, for that matter, <laughs> what do you think you would be doing? I think I would either be bartending or working somewhere in gastronomy. Yeah. Sorry? So... <laughs> You'd be either a bartender or an astronomer. Is that what you said? Gastronomy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said astronomer. I was like, dude, those are so different. No, wow. I, I'd be a bartender or an astronaut. <laughs> I really want to be a spaceman. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I, oh, damn. I was like, I was like, oh, oh. That's like yeah. two or, wildly different things, man. Or be working with my dad, but I tried that and it didn't really fit me very well. Um, but yeah, I think I just put either yeah, probably working somewhere in gastronomy. That's what I did for seven years. And I was pretty good at it. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But it's just like the hours suck and it's it's a it's just a lot. It's but a you lot. really it's liked, like the interacting with people and I like the interacting with people. I love how fast paced it was. And I love being back in the kitchen. So like my favorite job oh, was yeah. um food running and um expediting. I love expediting. Because mm. I was like, you know, taking all the tickets and I, I was the only person in the whole restaurant that could yell at the chef. Nice. But they got something wrong. Yeah. Um and I got to yell at the waiters as well. <laughs> Not that I yelled at anybody, but I could. Because I was like, it was I was in charge of like the kitchen running smoothly, and that was a really that was a really fun job. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's very a, high stress. That's a fast paced management like position, right? Yeah, that's you why know? I loved it. Like, what needs to go out first? Right. Oh, oh, this table's waiting longer. Blah blah blah. I need blah, blah. fries to a five. You put potatoes. I need fries. I need fries now, chef. I need five minutes. There's no five minutes. I need them now, now chef. You yeah. know, like really, really fun. Very high pace on the ten hour shift would go by, and like it felt like five minutes. True. I, yeah, I feel like when you have, I mean, it's stressful. But the day does fly by. Then when you, yeah. when you have just like a few, like a lot of people think like a boring job where you're not doing much and you're just kind of sitting on your butt, like sounds like heaven, you Awful. know, but like I've had a few jobs like that and they, I'd rather die. Like yeah. they're, they're, it, there's nothing hor more horrible than like 
staring at a wall and you feel like an hour's gone by and you look at your watch and it's been like barely 10 minutes. And and you're like, thing, oh my God. I, I couldn't do that. You know, I worked and from- And you feel like it's a waste of your time because you, you could be doing something, doing something productive. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> like I worked from when I was 15 years old, uh, starting working as a busboy. So I've only worked on jobs, even now as a kindergarten teacher, where I'm on my feet all the time moving around. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to sit down at an office and start a computer. When we had a home office and I had to do some training stuff with the computer, I would sit there for an hour and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I cannot stare at the screen. I cannot sit. Like, yeah. It's just, it's not what I, that's not how I operate. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. So I'm 16 years old, just always moving, doing jobs with the move and lift and use my body. And, you know, as a kindergarten teacher, you're doing that all the time, going on field trips, lifting mm. up kids, changing them, moving things around, cleaning up tables, chairs, spilled drinks, whatever, always moving around. And, um, yeah, so I, I think I'd be doing that for sure. Nice. Yeah. That's one thing we actually have in common. Like neither of us have worked a corporate nine to five desk job. No, ever. So, and I don't yeah. think I ever really want to. No, <laughs> this, this, this is not my vibe. Me neither. All right, cool. That's like that's a good place to to end things. It is. Yeah. That's I, I like these questions. That was sessions. Fun. They're yeah. fun. Like, I get to learn more about you too. You guys you know? having fun? You guys having fun? Like, I hear you. Okay, just, uh, just send us a message. Okay. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I hate people do that. Good morning, everyone. I said good morning, everyone. And I hate the people that like, do it too many times. Like they go like four times in a row. Can and you stop. And, and and then you get like the the reaction actually drops because people are like, no, we're done. I'm here, man. Yeah. Anyways, tangent. Uh, let's talk about Cheers. this uh, whiskey. So we got. Cheers. Again, this is the Glenfiddich IPA experiment. I really dig it. There, there is definitely something peculiar in a good way. There's something that's a not not a usual flavor for a whiskey. I mean, it's, it's obviously the the IPA barrels, barrels, but I can't chill, really put my finger on what that. But there, there I think there's kind of, it's kind of a, a sharp. Is that weird? Like a sharp, yeah, a, no, a sharp kind of spicy taste that I'm, that I'm getting. I get what you mean. It, it doesn't taste like a typical Glenfiddich. You know, it's not incredibly mm. smoky, but it has this, yeah, this sharp taste, um, which is like the worst description ever. But it's I, terrible. But it's also pretty. Like it goes down really smooth. Yeah, and it's pretty I, mild. I'm really actually. enjoying it. Like it's something different. It's like sharp but mild. Yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a difference that I enjoy. Whatever it is, and yeah, like um, it's a good experiment. It definitely, it's like I yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. And, and it wasn't much. I think it was like thirty nine ninety nine or something, something like that. that. Uh, and there's, it's really beautiful bottle too. It's really dark. It's um, I don't know what color that is, but it's like a yellow, olive green. It's cool. It's cool. It's a cool bottle. Check it out. I like, I'm going to go, it's hard to judge because there's nothing really, nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go 8.7. I'm fine with just a flat eight. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, what it is. And I think it's for sure an eight. Yeah. It's not, it's not like the best whiskey I've had in the world, but no, but like it's, yeah. it's, it's Glenfiddich, but it, ha it has that something special, which I like. Whatever, some reason my gut reaction is going probably higher than it actually deserves, but I'm going 8.7 because right now yeah. I'm super enjoying Go it. Go through gut, man, because that's where the whiskey is going. That's where it's going, right to the man. gut. Uh, awesome. Yeah, 8 and 8, what'd you say? 8.7. Excellent. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's it, everybody. Thank you for listening. That was fun. And again, uh, if you have any comments or questions, go to our website, send, uh, send us a a message on Instagram. And if you have any uh, ideas for episode topics, like, ah, I've always wished they would talk about this, but they haven't, let us know through Facebook, Instagram, or agdwpodcast.com or www.agdwpodcast.com. Right. Or H. No, okay. Remember when you actually had to type the WW, but then now when you, yeah, you can just avoid it and it just does it for you. I remember like when the internet first came a thing, I was like, mom, you don't need to capitalize things. It doesn't matter. It's the internet. Grammar doesn't matter. <laughs>
That was fun. Good times. Anyways, everyone, I hope you're all, you all had a good time and are having a lovely week. Hopefully you're warm. Hopefully you're safe. Hopefully you're healthy and hopefully you're thirsty. Actually, hopefully you're not thirsty. Hopefully you're, you're, you're safe though and healthy. Yeah. You know, we never actually explained why stay thirsty is actually a good thing. That's not, doesn't sound awful to stay thirsty. I, I know what you mean, but like if you, if you took it like literally, it yeah. just, just sounds bad. No, but we're not. We're sticking with it. This is, this stay, is, stay dehydrated. Yeah, this is, <laughs> but hey, if you're a true fan, you know exactly what we mean. Yeah. So all good. All good. Um, so yes. Thank you again, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy and stay thirsty. Oh boy. Not getting rid of it. <laughs> Use a real IPA right about now. That'd be nice. <laughs>